What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the podcast. Um, So today's episode, I'm going to be continuing on the way. And so in the last one, I talked about the new and living way and how, you know, when Jesus, that, that scripture in Hebrews that says, this is the new and living way that we've entered into through the torn veil or through that is through his flesh. So, you know, the whole idea that when Jesus's flesh was torn, when Jesus died on the cross, that he was breaking open for us, that veil, the, the, the veil that separated us from the presence of God. God, the veil that separated us from the holy of holies, the place where the presence of God was. And so, so really that that is the way. And so I, as I was just studying on the way, what came to my mind, um, or, you know, the Holy Spirit reminded me of was that there is a scripture in, uh, first Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 10, that talks about the way of escape that um basically that whenever we are tempted in our you know whenever the the flesh or the carnal man it faces temptation the bible says that god is faithful to always provide the way of escape and so it doesn't it doesn't say a way of escape it says the way of escape so it's talking about Oh, there is, this is the way, the way to, to walk in the spirit and to overcome the temptation and the lust of the flesh. There's a way. So understanding what that is. So I started, you know, studying that whole chapter and even going back to first Corinthians chapter nine. And so I'm going to try my very best to communicate, um, you know, what the Lord has really been showing me out of this uh, portion of scripture. And I may have to split it into a few different podcasts here to cover it all. Um, but if you start, you know, obviously it's so important to read everything in context. And so I, as I was reading that in first Corinthians 10, I backed up all the way to first Corinthians nine. Um, where Paul, he starts talking about in verse 24, it says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? So he's talking about how, you know, in Christianity, you know, tons of people, you know, you may be saved. They're a Christian. You may be born again, but he's saying just because we're all running this race, understand that not everyone is going to receive the same prize. Not everyone is going to obtain the same reward. Not every believer lays hold of all that God has in store for them. You know, ultimately the blood of Jesus, the grace of God has obtained everything for us, but really you are only going to walk in what you take hold of by your faith. And faith comes by knowing the word of God. And so Paul is saying here, we're all running the race, but not everyone is is obtaining the prize. And then he says, run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run in such a way that you may actually obtain this prize. And he says, and then he goes on to say that um, in verse 26, he says, I don't run uncertainly or without a definite aim. I do not box like one beating or striking the air without an adversary. And he says in verse 27, but I buffet my body. I, I discipline it and subdue it. So he's saying, uh, he's, he's running to win a heavenly prize. How does he do that? He says, I do that by subduing my body or my flesh so that I myself, uh, after preaching to others that I might not become disqualified, disqualified for what the prize, the heavenly reward, there's a reward 
in eternity for for the things that we do in this world. You know, obviously that has nothing to do with salvation. You're not saved by works, but but understand that the the way that you live your life here on this earth it determines, you know, obviously how much you enjoy of the promises of God here on this earth, but also there is an eternal reward. And so Paul is saying that how do you run in such a way to obtain the prize or to lay hold of what God has for you by subduing the flesh or bringing your body into subjection. So understand that really your faith in your spirit, the Bible says with the heart, man believeth. So faith is a thing of the heart. Faith is a thing that exists in your spirit. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is a, is a substance. A t- it is, faith is an actual substance that exists in your spirit, that comes from the word of God, comes from revelation of God's word. So understand that the Bible says the flesh is at war with your spirit. So your flesh, and I want you to think of when I say flesh, think of it as your sense realm. You you know, what you can see, what you can hear, what you can touch, you know, because really the the devil, he works outwardly to to throw you off in the sense realm. Really, he because really it's all coming through your mind. The lies of the enemy is you is you taking what you see in the natural as more real than what the word of God says. It's taking how you feel and believing that more than what the word of God says. You may feel guilty. You may feel sick. You may feel, uh, you know, fearful, but really understanding that those, those feelings, it, it doesn't exist in your spirit. It's existing in the soulish realm. And so really your, your flesh is what's warring against your spirit. So we're constantly in this war. You know, your flesh, your senses, your sense realm, what you see, maybe you see in the natural, your bank account is not looking so good, but you believe in your heart that God is your provider. You believe in your heart that, that God has, has purchased your freedom from poverty, you know, but really you see with your eyes what your bank account says. So there's this war and it talks about this in James, that there is a war that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. So understand whichever one you feed more is going to win every single time. So when you feed your spirit man with the word of God, you're strengthening your spirit. But Paul is talking about the person that's going to run and obtain the prize is going to be a person that knows how to subdue their flesh and bring their body under subjection. Because if you just live according to your carnal desires, you can be sure that over time, the more you feed your flesh, your flesh will begin to eat away at your faith. So understand, and, and Paul even goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 10 that, uh, you know, all we're, we're free. It's not necessarily that like, uh, you know, binge watching Netflix for 10 hours, I, that's not necessarily a sin. But the Bible says that not all things are beneficial. Though we're free, all things may be permissible. Not all things are beneficial. So what is Paul talking about? Paul's talking about being able to discern that you need to be able to bring your flesh into subjection. Okay, so basically that's like the intro here. So that's at the end of 1 Corinthians 9. So keep in mind, that's what he's talking about. Then immediately, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, understand that this was not broken up into chapters. We're, you know, we, <laughs> Paul wrote this as one continuous letter. So he then goes on to say, 1 Corinthians 10, 1, moreover, I don't want you to be unaware about your forefathers. So then he goes on to talk about the Israelites when they were wandering in the wilderness. And he's basically comparing 
the same thing that I'm talking about. He says that they wandered in the wilderness. Okay. They all drank. It says uh, in verse four, they all drank the same spiritual drink. They all ate the same spiritual food. So they were all eating the manna. They were all drinking the water that came from the rock, which is Christ. What is he saying? They were all God's people. They were all God's people. Likewise, all Christians were all running the race. We're all in the same category, right? They're, they were all had the same spiritual food. They all had access to the same things. But it says, nevertheless, verse five, nevertheless, God was not pleased with the majority of them for they were overthrown and strewn along the ground in the wilderness. So, and then he goes on to just say, say why. And it also talks about this in, in Hebrews chapter four, that God was not pleased with them, many of them, even though they were all in the race, they were all drinking from the rock of Christ. They were all the Israelites. They were all the people of God, but God was not pleased with many of them. And so the Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So if you live according to the sense realm, if you live according to the flesh, if you live according to your carnal desires, you are not living in faith. Because those two things are opposite. Understand that there's no way that you can walk in faith and be believing God for something. And then also you're just living by your, your carnal, your carnal ways, because your body is always telling your mind what to think. Your body is telling your mind, I want this. Your body is telling your mind, uh, that, that, that scripture is not true. You're not healed. You feel this. Your body is experiencing this. Oh, that's, you know, your, your, your emotions, your emotions are telling your mind, you know, I feel guilty. You did this. How can you be righteous? How can you say that you're holy? So, you know, there's, this internal war understand so so paul is talking about here similarly that the the israelites many of them lit they could not please god because they were living carnally they were living by their senses they were living in the flesh and without faith they could not please god therefore they did not enter into the promised land and so in hebrews 4 it talks about this it talks about how they didn't enter the rest of god or the promised land they didn't obtain what god had in store for them because of their unbelief because of their unbelief so understand that sin, living in the flesh, uh, giving into your carnal desires um, feeds unbelief. So really, it's not your sin. It, understand that sin is really rooted in a place of not believing the word of God. It all goes back to faith. So your actions or your sin or your disobedience is really just the outcome of a greater problem that there's a lack of God's word. There's a lack of believing what God says about you. So it's really, that's why I always say Christianity, it's not so much about you trying to fix your behavior and I just got to obey God. Well, guess what? If you actually have a revelation of the word of God and you believe what God says about you, uh, you're, you're going to obey God. You're, you're not going to be living in sin. So really the root of the thing is, knowing what God says about you and believing it. And so, and so anyway, so he goes on to talk, talk about this and he's comparing, 
You know, and he says all these things were written in the Old Testament for our admonition so that we can learn, so that we can learn from this. And understand the Israelites, they didn't have the baptism and the Holy Ghost and fire. They didn't have the blood of Jesus. So we're under a much better covenant. Like I talked about in the last one. Now we're no longer trying to fulfill this whole thing externally like they were. We actually have the Holy Spirit who comes and writes the laws of God on our heart and empowers us to walk in this new and living way. So he empowers us us to overcome the temptations of the flesh. The, the understand that through redemption, you are no longer a slave to your flesh. Through redemption, you're no longer a slave to your mind. You're no longer a slave to your emotions. You have to understand that when Jesus uh, paid a price for us in redemption, that he gave the dominion back to the spirit of man. When your spirit became alive together with Christ, the dominion that was once lost when Adam sinned, that dominion was given back to mankind because your spirit was made alive once again. So understand that if you are born again, your spirit has dominion over your flesh. And it's a lie of the devil if you think that you can't get free, if you think that there's no way out of this sinful desire, if there's that there's no way out of this um this this carnal lustful desire that you have, understand that there is a way of escape. There is the way of escape. And even if you've been dealing with something for a long time, I want you to understand that the Bible says that the grace of God will abound to you, that he will reveal his word to you and he will show you the way of escape. I want you to know that there is a way out. I don't care if you've been battling. Maybe you feel like the same sin for years. I don't care if you feel like you've been battling anxiety for for years. It's a stronghold. I want to tell you that the word of God can destroy any stronghold that the enemy has set up in your life. Understand that a stronghold is really just a lie of the devil that has taken root in your soul. And I want you to know that your spirit has been given dominion over your soul and over your body and that you can overcome by the blood of the lamb. You can overcome. You can overcome. You can get out of that. And so that's that's why Paul is talking about this. And he says, This is why this is so awesome. And you have to believe... You have to believe in your heart that there is a way out because many people have this mentality that you will continue to deal with the same things as long as we're on this side of heaven. And I'm not saying that the enemy won't try to put things on you. You know, we are always going to face trials in this world. We're always going to have to, you know, exercise our faith and exercise walking in the spirit. It, you know, it, it's a fight. It's the good fight of faith. So I'm not saying you don't, it's not always a fight. It is, you're, we're in the good fight of faith, but understand that you can get the victory every single time. You can get the victory in Jesus name. And so that's why Paul says here in first Corinthians 10, he says, he's making them understand like, which this is really powerful. Verse 12, he says, therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So he's saying, even if you've gotten to a certain point where you feel like you're so free, be careful, be careful, lest you fall, lest you start slowly giving into the flesh. And all of a sudden your flesh becomes a little stronger than you thought. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So he's giving us a warning, take heed lest you fall. But he says this, No temptation has overtaken you except such that is common to man. God is faithful. God is faithful to his word and he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with every temptation comes the way of escape so that you are able 
that you are able to bear it. Or in the amplified version, it says the way of escape that you may be capable and strong and powerful to bear up under it patiently. So, so Paul is saying that there's nothing that's going to come. There's nothing that's going to come that you cannot get the victory over by the way of escape. The way of escape. God is faithful to his word and there is always, there is always power for you to come by the way, the way, the new and living way. There's a way, there's a way for you to overcome. There's a way for you to walk in faith, to walk in the spirit. And so then he goes on to talk about after this, which this is very this is, oh, this is so powerful. And that's why I think I'm going to have to break this into multiple podcasts because that was just the intro. <laughs> so then he goes on to talk about communion. Okay. And so it, it seems at first, at first read, it may seem like, what the heck, what are you talking about? You're talking about uh, temptation. And then all of a sudden you start talking about communion. But this is actually very powerful. And so I'm going to, I think I'm going to do a whole other podcast on the, the communion part. But I'll just give a little intro here that, you know, like I said in the beginning, the way, the new and living way is through the torn flesh, the torn veil, right? And so communion, communion, Paul goes on to talk about it, the breaking of the bread is what? That's a type of the tearing of the flesh of Christ, the tearing of the flesh of Christ. And then he says that when you are taking communion, when you're partaking of the body and blood of Jesus, that you are participating in or having fellowship in the body and the blood of Christ. It's that Greek word, that koinonia. It's the, the intimate fellowship that you're taking part in that in that uh, tear, the tearing of the flesh or the tearing open of the veil, s- signifying that there is no longer, like the flesh has been torn open. So really the thing that hindered the Israelites from walking in the spirit, like they couldn't walk in the spirit necessarily because they weren't born again. They were dominated by their carnal nature, right? But but now through Jesus, the flesh has been torn open. The veil has been torn open. The thing that blocked you, the thing that would block them from the presence of God, the thing that would block them from, uh, you know, living a life in the spirit or living according to their spirit was their flesh, that they were dominated by their flesh. But because of Jesus Christ, the flesh is no longer in dominion over them that have been born again. So if that makes sense. So the the flesh has been torn. The veil has been torn. So it actually, Paul, this is all relates. Paul is saying the way of escape, the way to overcome the flesh, it's, it's communion is putting in remembrance what Christ did, that the flesh has been torn open. The veil has been torn open, that there is a new and living way, the way of escape, the new and living way, the way into the Holy of Holies, the way into the presence of God, the place where you're going to be empowered to overcome and walk in the newness of life. There is a way, there is a way. And, and so I'm going to talk about, I think I'll probably do maybe a few more podcasts on the 
the way of escape, the way of escape, how to live a life out of your spirit, how to live a life out of faith in that way that you can actually partake and lay hold of the promises of God, that you live in the promised land, that you're not somebody that's going to be stuck in the wilderness, not obtaining the promises of God, but the way of escape to overcome that flesh, to overcome the lies of the enemy, to take, to take dominion, to take authority and to take ownership of what Christ has purchased for you. And like I said, one of those ways is through communion. Another one of those ways we'll probably talk about praying in the spirit, which is kind of like I talked about in the last one, John, John chapter 14. And, uh, there's some other stuff about that in Hebrews nine. And, um, you know, like I even talked about in a previous podcast, you can go listen to my podcast on, uh, grace upon grace, which is the breaking open or the unveiling of God's word. It's the tearing open of the veil that, that, covers the word of God so that that power flows out. And that power is, that's the way, it's the way, it's the way, it's the way to overcome the temptations of the flesh. And so stay tuned. We're going to keep talking about this and we're going to be people that not only run our race, but we run our race with faith, with power that we will walk by, but we will walk in the spirit and we will obtain the prize. We will obtain the promises of God in Jesus mighty name. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.